0: are you ready for the end of the world (laughs) you are listening to your community spirit the show about caring sharing and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it let's bring back the circle again the circle of friends the circle of family the circle of being wake up well that wasn't any good let's try that again wake up (laughs) and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Ord Energy Mon.
1: And this is Tree Song, and I think they heard you that second time. <laughs> and
0: I think that's the first time in probably three years I made it through the whole thing without screwing up. Oh yeah, you I did. I mean, I was quiet on that one section, but...
1: But you got it, yeah, maybe you're re-energized <laughs> by the trip up north.
0: After 17 <laughs> years of uh, doing that same promo, we might have to come up with another one.
1: Yeah, just like, <laughs> now that we've got it on Pat, we'll do a new one.
0: I did just get back, like you said, from the Midwest Renewable Energy and Sustainable Living Fair, otherwise known as the Energy Fair.
1: Yeah, it's so big they can just call it the Energy Fair. Yeah, People <laughs> know what you mean. It's just
0: like – and um, it has taken me most of the week to recover because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I actually got to hang out with a friend of mine who they're doing um, – a documentary on and the documentary is called Solar Pioneers. Mm-hmm. And it's all of different solar pioneers. And I found out that he started the solar industry in that he bought the first wholesale order of solar modules and then resold them. <laughs> Back when solar modules cost a hundred dollars a watt and now we're looking at under two dollars a watt.
1: Yeah, so he was a pioneer. So,
0: so we can realistically say that the solar price of solar modules has dropped 98 percent since the industry started in the beginning of the 80s.
1: Yeah, yeah, you that's know, pretty decent uh, savings. 98 <laughs> <It's> percent decrease a, <laughs> in the cost.
0: Yeah, it's like
1: that's decent.
0: But I spent some decent amount of time with him. I haven't seen him in a few years because he's got to be such a big shot that he didn't, you know, come to the the energy fairs as much anymore. Yeah, but um it was fun and got to see uh go to a workshop and see a preview about 15 minute preview of this film about all the the old timers before, you know, they croak. I mean, yeah, <laughs> to learn about how the solar industry started and it's interesting because the solar industry now is so mainstream. Making fun of the early days of the hippies starting the solar is kind of, you know, there's, it's, it's the whole thing. You can roast yourself when you're successful. Yeah. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. If so. you're not successful, it's a little more bitter to roast yourself. But <laughs> when you've really succeeded, you can make fun of, oh, I was a hippie back in the day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so An- another reason I do not buy Exxon Mobil gasoline. Exxon loses bid to fight Virgin Islands. Climate a, a court ruling in Texas has set the stage for ExxonMobil's legal challenge to a climate change investigation by the US Virgin Islands to proceed in federal court.
1: So they they fought the law on the law one. <laughs>
0: well, I mean
1: Well they, they,
0: the, they fought the chance for there to be Yeah,
1: they fought the chance to avoid the law. <laughs> like. And the law says that you can't avoid us (laughs) but that's not a sketch of a tune though
0: (laughs) just like exxon and the virgin islands attorney general claude walker had been bickering for more than a month over whether the company's lawsuit to squash how do you say that
1: oh yeah to quash a subpoena yeah
0: subpoena so they were subpoena that's just saying you need to show up in court
1: right yeah so they're trying to just get out of even discussing the issue. like
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, so they're just like, we tell you you need to come to court. No, I don't. No, I don't.
1: Yeah. And then they debate over where it should be heard. Like, we should debate this in Texas. We should debate this in federal courts. I-, I get the impression they're just trying to game the system and stall as long as they can.
0: Now, the subpoena demands Exxon turns over a broad swath of records as part of an investigation Into whether the oil company conspired to cover up its understanding of climate science. Now, why is the Virgin Islands taking them to court? I think they're one of the ones that are going to be affected when the climate causes the sea level to rise. Yeah. But that's.
1: Yeah, we uh, didn't have room for that in here today, but there was one story that was referencing that, saying part of why the Virgin Islands cares is because they're going to be majorly affected by climate change.
0: Now, the ruling, unless appealed by Exxon, which is just a guarantee because, I don't know, unless I'm wrong, I still have not heard that ExxonMobil has paid for the Exxon Valdez oil spill in 1989. They've been fighting that back and forth. So, the ruling, unless, unless appealed by Exxon, means the case will be, again, winding its way through the Fort Worth Division of the federal court for the northern district of texas walker and the attorneys hired by the virgin islands to handle the investigation now have until july 12th to respond to exxon's original lawsuit seeking to block the subpoena Hmm.
1: so exxon spokesman alan jeffers did not respond to a request to comment they lost and he didn't want to say (laughs) it's just like
0: (laughs) well i mean they didn't Lose, they just have to show up in court. Yeah,
1: they they lost the battle. You know, this this is a long protracted war that's going to go on to hold Exxon responsible.
0: I mean, basically, if they lost. They have to provide documents.
1: Yeah, right. They're, yeah, they're going to have to provide documents. It sounds like, and then, then we'll see what those documents have to say. <laughs> it's just like, so well, it's. Yeah, I wonder if there's, there's probably someone in a warehouse somewhere owned by Exxon who's just running those documents through the sh- shredder right now just to be sure the government never gets them. Why
0: would they have kept it anyway? <laughs>
1: well, they, they keep the strangest things. You know, the, the tobacco industry got in trouble for some of the documents they had. You know, a similar process went on with them, and it came out all of the deception that they pulled. So uh, We'll see. We'll find out. If we look at the documents, we'll find out if Exxon has learned their lesson.
0: Can you please not read this article about how it's going to get hotter?
1: Yeah, this this is a somewhat depressing article. We've got some happier articles coming up, but without emissions cuts, summer heat will get even deadlier. By 2060, large swaths of the planet could be hit by unprecedented heat waves during the summer months that would exceed all historical records.
0: Wait a second. By 2060? That's happening now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're okay. all, I mean, we're already exceeding records. It's... I guess they're saying, you know, it's going to be record breaking, record breaking. (laughs)
0: Just like, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, just as a severe heat wave sizzles the U.S. Southwest, sending temperatures in parts of Arizona to 120 degrees. Now, that's the actual temperature, you know. That's not the heat index.
0: They don't have heat index in Arizona. Yeah, it's dry. I mean,
1: (laughs) they toss water into the air to try to get some humidity in there. Uh, So, this study predicts similarly dangerous heat will become more commonplace.
0: So instead of just the spike, it could be for months.
1: Yeah. This is the sort cert- I almost used the word chilling, which would be kind of ironic. <laughs> <laughs> this is the chilling statistic here. Uh, the study said there is a 90% chance that every summer will be at least as warm as the hottest to date across large parts of North and South America, Central Europe, Asia, and Africa.
0: 90% chance that like this last week's heat will be here all summer.
1: Yeah. That'll just be how summer is now. Oh my God. Like there was this, the 2012 summer that was blamed for 32 deaths in a two-week period. That could be every summer.
0: Already four deaths in Arizona have been attributed to the current heat wave. And several large wildfires have been burning out of control in Arizona as well as in California. The study said that by 2070, as much as 87% of the world's people would face record summer temperatures every second year unless greenhouse gas emissions were are reduced. Doesn't even say how much, just reduced period. <laughs> just yeah, like.
1: We're still on an upward curve, so
0: more extreme temperatures would lead to more heat related deaths from direct exposure as well of course as contributing to the spread of heat related disease like the mosquito borne Zika virus other research has found. Hotter summers also raise the risk of drought that wipes out crop production, causing food prices shocks and hunger. That happened to us, what, two years ago, where we had the heat wave basically the month of July, and all the corn in Illinois, like, didn't completely die because we finally did get some rain. Yeah. But... Um,
1: it wasn't doing well.
0: I mean, just me looking at it, the corn cobs look like they're about 30% the size of normal. But I don't remember exact production. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And one of the things that other articles have mentioned, but isn't in here, that if you start having drought, if you start having famine, if you start having all these health issues, there's going to be a lot more war, too, because people will fight over scarce resources. So this, this is just predicting the, the direct effects. There's going to be indirect consequences, too.
0: So Way to be positive. Way to be positive.
1: <laughs> so uh, many previous studies have confidently singled out climate change as the critical factor in heat waves which are widely predicted to become more frequent and intense. But the researchers said because they used an advanced climate model, this is the most accurate assessment yet of the extreme summer heat expected. So this is the most accurate thing, and it says even more of the
0: consequences. 90% chance.
1: Yeah. So it's getting So we got about
0: here. a 10% chance it's not going to happen. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's focus on that.
1: <laughs> focus on the positive. That's, that's <laughs> sort of – if we do that, though, we won't make the necessary changes.
0: So Well, apparently, Britain did what they consider the necessary change.
1: (laughs) Yeah, apparently.
0: The top architect of climate deal warns against, what do you think it's pronounced,
1: Britics? Yeah, Brexit. It's like the word exit for... uh, Brexit. Oh, okay.
0: Britain's voted... Have you been paying attention? This was yesterday. Yeah,
1: I'll admit this sort of took me by surprise. I started hearing about it in the past day or two
0: to withdraw from the European Union. It was actually a very close vote. The effects of the British exit, or Brexit, on the world's brand new global climate change agreement are complicated, but most climate action advocates wanted the UK to remain in the EU. If you would like more, to read on more, we can send you the link to what's at stake for the climate.
1: Yeah, this was a story from Gris.org. I expect we'll probably hear more stories like this now that it's, this measure has passed. There'll probably be a lot of analysis of how it's going to affect the climate. Yeah,
0: because this just happened last night. Yeah. Wait a <laughs> second. We're on top of the news?
1: Oh, yeah. I was actually – I was starting to prepare for the show and the news started really breaking <laughs> on the internet. And I'm like, okay, I've got to find a story related to this. <laughs> just like, we can't just pretend this didn't just happen.
0: So why not? <laughs> I mean if we pretend it didn't happen – Will that make everything better?
1: It'll all get better. We're Americans. We can just pretend the other countries don't exist. Yes. (laughs) It's working for us so far, right? So let's see. And there are a lot of comments about the need to work together. Here's one quote. Uh, One lesson in 21 years of new-end negotiations is this has to be done together. It cannot be done individually, said Figueres uh, from uh, the UN climate head. So this, that's part of why this is going to affect the climate is that we just had this big Paris climate deal, but that was with the assumption that the U.K. was part of the European Union. So now everything's going to have to be recalculated, renegotiated. We don't know exactly.
0: Or they might just decide they're going to do more because yeah. they're you know, independent.
1: Oh, yeah. There are a few people who are saying, oh, this will make things really simple. We don't have to worry about those EU regulations. We can just do like a, a strong carbon tax and that'll decrease our fossil fuel emissions. Maybe that'll happen. It's more likely that it won't. <laughs> it just Especially because the push to exits uh, the European Union was a conservative push, mostly. So uh, there might be less action on the climate.
0: Well, thousands of cities from six continents just agreed to work on climate change. That's right. Thousands of cities from six continents united on Wednesday... To create the largest global coalition committed to battling human-caused climate change and pushing the world into a low-carbon economy.
1: <laughs> it's kind of like the Avengers assembling, but if the Avengers were a bunch of mayors. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I cannot imagine a bunch of <laughs> But, I mean, they do have power. I mean, Yeah, they, they do are, have power. They, the, people elect them, and so people, you know. Yeah,
1: they don't have, like, the ability to fly or shoot lasers or anything. But. Yes, they do. <laughs> well, I they've mean, got airplanes. They've got laser cannons, possibly. Like, the global
0: covenant of mayors for climate and energy unifies 7,100 cities, encompassing more than half a billion people, the group said in a statement. Created some six months after the Paris Accord, this global alliance aims for greater collaboration between cities and increased funding to support sustainable energy development. As more than half of the world's population lives in urban areas, cities are now major generators of greenhouse gas emissions. About 75% of global CO2 emissions are attributed to transportation and buildings, mostly from transportation and buildings, of course, in cities, according to the United Nations Environmental Program. The UN has made said it, it is essential for cities to be involved in the fight against climate change. That's because, unlike countries, cities can innovate faster and are less hampered by national policies while moving towards clean energy and a low-carbon infrastructure, meaning they can get stuff done.
1: Yes. So now the big question is, uh, what mayors in southern Illinois are part of this effort?
0: <laughs> oh, don't ruin my, my bubble of happiness here. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, Just, yeah. I'm not trying to burst anyone's bubble. I'm saying, look at the potential. Now that this, we have assembled this global covenant of mayors for climate and energy, uh, maybe forward-thinking mayors in our region can join up and help the climate.
0: I am on, like, um, uh, advisory commission. So if we can find out how to sign it on, we can advise the city to consider it. Yeah. I mean, we are already part of energy aggregation where the city is where they buy 100% renewable energy. Yeah. You know, and so that's part of it right there.
1: Yeah, and that's the stuff then if you join this covenant, that's something you could tell the other cities say, "Hey, this is one thing we're doing. Why don't you all do this too?"
0: Yeah, because there's a lot of cities around here that do energy aggregation. So bump it up a half cent and you too can buy renewable energy yes so
1: all right so in other news we have now, this
0: this is a sci-fi headline yeah this, this is really, not
1: this doesn't seem real but it's apparent i've seen the pictures it's apparently real the a
0: fir- picture is not true
1: <laughs> it could be photoshop <laughs> it could like, be an elaborate ruse
0: yeah I, I recently saw in 30 days you too can take a photoshop class and look really good
1: <laughs> yeah so, this headline is the first self driving 3D printed smart bus hits the streets of Washington, D.C.
0: Public- oh, I wonder if it's smart enough to, like, if it sees someone, what do you call it, walking down the street, that it'll just stop and say, Wanna ride? <laughs> that, yeah. Actually, that sounds really creepy.
1: All aboard. <laughs> <laughs> Public transportation users in Washington DC can now hitch a ride on a self driving three D printed bus.
0: It says Ken. I don't know if people <laughs> will. Yeah. If you start climbing on a bus and there's no driver.
1: Yeah. Eh, it's like, it's a little you're a little <laughs> skeptical. Like I don't see the driver. Is there a ghost driving this?
0: Although if you got in the back of the bus you might never know.
1: Yeah. I wonder if there are people who they, they don't even realize there's not a driver up there.
0: I mean some of these metro trains you hear the voices over the next stop, you're like I don't think there's a person up there.
1: Yeah, so. it's just a robot. So it has a name. It's named Olli, O-L-L-I. It's an electric-powered and 3D-printed uh, bus. It's reducing the vehicle's footprint before and after it hits the road. Local Motors wrote in a release. So it, it's a weird generic name for the company, Local Motors.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're based in Arizona. <laughs> yeah.
1: So here's a quote from them. Ollie offers a smart, safe, and sustainable transportation solution that is long overdue says, John B. Rogers, the CEO.
0: And the bus can talk to riders. It yeah. says right here. It actually does talk yeah. to
1: riders. It's, they teamed up yeah. with IBM Watson Internet of Things, making Ollie the first vehicle to have the capacity to analyze and learn from transportation data. So it has these sensors that help it drive. And it also does communicate with them, too. Uh, it says that a little bit later here in the story. Yeah, yeah passengers will be able to ask Ollie about destinations, such as, Ollie, can you take me downtown? And then they'll start singing downtown.
0: <laughs> it's like with the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Using an app similar to Uber or Lyft, ride seekers can order the bus to pick them up and drop them off at their destinations of choice.
1: So it's even better than a lot of existing buses. You just say, Hey, Ollie, I need a pickup You're at my house.
0: Now, um, I was actually talking to a guy who has a, te- like the, a Tesla and his for $2,500 had the autopilot. Hmm. So he said, you flip it once and it'll be cruise control. You flip it twice and it does autopilot. Hmm. And it only works if there's two painted lines on the highway. Yeah. But it'll stay right in between those painted lines. And then it has a sensor on the front that it stays with traffic and of course stops. So he says, it's perfect if you're like in LA with stop and go traffic. Yeah. Now it won't let you take your hands off the wheel. Hmm. Okay. Well, for more than two minutes, I think is what he said. Then it starts putting an alarm. you know, I mean, mean, you probably could just cut that wire. But (laughs) um, the thing he liked best is when you're going down the interstate and it slows down because there's a car, you're in the slow lane. You can then flip the blinker to the left twice. It will pass that car and get back in the right lane.
1: (laughs) Wow, there you go. That's pretty advanced.
0: Yeah, it was just like... Um, and he, does say, he did say that it will always stop. I mean, like, regardless of whether you do the autopilot, it will not crash into anything. Yeah. And um, I was telling another friend of mine who drives a semi, and he says his semi has that built into it. Wow. Oh. That doesn't mean it will stop because, you know, if it's got a big truckload of stuff back there. <laughs> yeah, it might not it be able to. It will try to stop. Yeah. But if you dart right in front of a semi, it's going to, you know, slow down. Yeah. Automatically. Um but that doesn't mean it won't crash you. Yeah. <laughs> like a bug.
1: So increasingly the AI is driving us rather than us using it at home as a as a game. You
0: and know? he actually said, you know, um he felt safer because it was quicker reaction time than him. <laughs> you know. But at the same time he's just like I never thought that I would trust the machine.
1: Yeah. Cause well, he was
0: one of these, you know, anti-establishment type of people <laughs> yeah. growing up and now he's like I'm trusting the machine. <laughs> he's
1: trusting the machine more than he trusts the government probably. <laughs> Just, <laughs> well, I remember thinking this as as a child thinking, well, maybe someday this will happen because I see it in sci-fi. But it's a very different feeling to actually look at it and say, oh, there it is right there. This bus is driving itself.
0: Do you think sci-fi drives technology or technology drives sci-fi?
1: Oh, yeah, I think it's both. I think there are many cases where the sci-fi says something that could happen and then technologists start researching it and make it happen.
0: Yeah, they get excited about, "Ooh, that's possible.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of stories of scientists, engineers, astronauts who will say, I got into this because I saw it in sci-fi and then I made it real.
0: I think these new smartwatches are very much from, like, Dick Tracy back in the day. Yeah. (laughs) You know, people are really into them.
1: Oh, yeah, the smartwatches we have now make the Dick Tracy watches look simple, you know. Well,
0: no, Dick Tracy had the little satellite that you could unfold. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. The new ones, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure eventually we could get a satellite-powered watch, but...
1: Yeah. All right, so let's see what some of these holidays are. Swim a lap day, so maybe at the splash park everyone can go and swim a lap.
0: Yeah, we've definitely that new splash park is splashing along. It's pretty well packed. I've it's heard.
1: Splash spectacular. There you go. <laughs> Take your dog to work day is also today, so let's see. National catfish day. I guess you can swim a lap around a catfish. They're sort of swimming around on the bottom there, so that would be a little yeah. to do.
0: While wearing sunglasses, because today's Sunglasses Day. And ask for forgiveness. I mean, Forgiveness Day.
1: Yeah. Oh, Sorry. yeah. Looks like we don't have the holidays labeled by day this time. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens when you prepare the show at 1 in the morning. So, yeah, also coming up is Forgiveness Day and let's see some other good holidays
0: Hug Holiday is the same day as International Mud Day <laughs> <Just>
1: <laughs> so like. you could have a mud fight and then hug each other
0: <laughs> Just like which is also Meteor Day
1: oh yeah, Meteor Day that one was, was an interesting one that was when, I don't know, about 100 years ago this giant meteor crashed in Russia and all like for miles around there was like a miles radius explosion um, it was a really big deal so yeah Meteor Day.
0: Is it already time for the Friday Night Fair?
1: Oh yeah, that's coming up tonight.
0: That's tonight, 6 to 9 p.m. The fourth Friday fair is tonight. This month, Carbondale's fourth Friday fair celebrates Americana with the Jenny Johnson Band. The event sponsor is Country Financial of Carbondale, which will be giving away NASCAR tickets. There will be activities for kids and families, vendors, foods, and more. And there will be specials all around the square from all the businesses. This is fun.
1: Yes, it's a big deal, downtown. Yeah,
0: I mean, it just turns the whole downtown into a giant fun time.
1: Yeah, it's a big party. I'm actually planning on making it this time. So also coming up this weekend, we have Kids Play Day. It's coming up on Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. at the Green Earth's Oakland Preserve. That's on North Oakland Avenue across from the City Cemetery. Green Earth is holding Kids Play Day this Saturday. There will be crafts, activities, learning stations, guided hikes, refreshments, and goodie bags to the first 25 children. The free event is geared for pre-K to second grade, but all ages are welcome. The rain date will be June 26th from 1 to 3 p.m. For more information, you can visit greenearthinc.org or call 618 201 3774. And that's great because it's very important to teach children at an early age the value and the fun of spending time outside.
0: Well, as long as they have a video game while they're out
1: there, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, I've, I've actually. Wait, real life video games! Yeah, it's, this is you 3D, can, wow. Just like, There's all these achievements you can unlock while you're out in nature. <laughs> just like, yeah, I've actually been taking my daughter, Bidia, yeah, she's only two months old, but. She's really fascinated by trees. She looks up and she sees the canopy and she stares at it. So I'm already trying to teach her to is enjoy. Is she
0: seeing the trees song? Yes.
1: I'm wondering. That's a good question.
0: <laughs> continuing the conversation. Tuesday, June 28th at 7 p.m. at the Newman Center. Each week, a group of community members meets on Tuesday night for continuing the conversation. The purpose is to build an interracial community based on listening respectfully to each other's stories. As we listen to each other, we will be building a community that strengthens our understanding and compassion for one another. That is at the Newman Center, 715 South Washington Street from 7 to 9 p.m. on Tuesdays.
1: Yes, and also coming up next week, the Downtown Community Farmers Market. It's happening on Wednesdays from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. in downtown Carbondale on the 200 block of Washington Street. Well, my goodness, that's right outside of the radio station, isn't it?
0: It is. It's an
1: exciting time. They have a big party out there, a farmer's market party.
0: And our radio station schedules and brings music because what is a street party when you close the street without music? A party, well, (laughs) there's music, there's food. That's a party.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just those, like, those are the basic ingredients to almost every party, music and food. And yeah. they will be right there at the Farmer's Market on Wednesday.
0: And you get to talk to the people who make the food. Yeah. So.
1: And Pe- one... Oh, yeah. Go ahead.
0: Peace Mural Celebration. Saturday, July 9th at 11 a.m. at the Labyrinth Peace Park. Mark your calendars. There's going to be a party to celebrate the amazing new mural by Beth Martel. If you like to get involved show up (laughs) it's i don't know if you've actually seen the peace mural it's right next to the labyrinth peace park which is right next to the guy house interface center it's what painted on the side of uh china express yes on in the alley and it is amazing
1: yes it's a beautiful mural it was fun to watch it evolve and now it's it's there it's ready ready for all to behold really enhances the space
0: so, well, this has been another exciting yep. <laughs> <laughs> and informative half hour of Your Community Spirit. If you would like to receive more information about everything we talk about, our email is info at yourcommunityspirit.org. And every once in a while, we also post our show so you can listen to it again. You know, I don't think I've ever listened to myself talk <laughs> And it's probably a good thing.
1: Yeah, it's nice to listen to the archives, though. It's fun to hear what was happening back in the day. Pick a random day and see what the news was. (laughs) But, yeah, we'll see you next week on the radio.